Jesus is back, and the plan of God has entered a new stage. The stage where the seed of Abraham is blessing all the nations of the world. You're listening to The Bible Brief. Jesus loved Simon Peter. Despite Peter's denials of him during the crucifixion, Jesus loved Peter. And Jesus wanted Simon Peter to know it. He wanted to restore Peter so that Peter could be the fisher of men that he was meant to be. After the resurrection of Jesus, he comes to Peter and a few of the other disciples in the region of Galilee, north of Jerusalem. And Peter is doing what he was doing right when he was called by Jesus. Peter is fishing. And he and a few of the other disciples had the same problem that Peter had had three years prior. They fished all night, but again, no fish. And just as the day was breaking, they saw a distant figure on the shore. The man said, Children, do you have any fish? They answered him, No. He said to them, Cast the net on the right side of the boat and you will find some. So they cast it, and now they were not able to haul it in because of the quantity of fish. The exact thing that happened when Jesus had called Peter to be a disciple was happening again. And a disciple said, It is the Lord! And when Simon Peter heard that it was the Lord, he put on his outer garment, for he was stripped for work, and threw himself into the sea to swim to the shore. The other disciples came in the boat, dragging the net full of fish, for they were not far from land, but about a hundred yards off. The man, though, was still unfamiliar in face, but familiar in all ways otherwise. It was Jesus, but his body was different in some sort of way. He retained those scars in his hands from the crucifixion, but this, this was definitely a new sort of body. And this man, Jesus, had breakfast with them. And you can imagine Peter's thoughts during this breakfast. I denied him. I denied him when he was being beaten and mocked. I denied him, and he has every right to deny me. I don't even have a right to be here right now. But suddenly... When they had finished eating some bread and some fish from their miraculous catch, Jesus speaks directly to Peter. Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? He said to him, Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He said to him, Feed my lambs. He said to him a second time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? And he said to him, Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. And he said to him, Tend my sheep. He said to him a third time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? And Peter was grieved because he said to him a third time, Do you love me? And he said to him, Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. Jesus said to him, Feed my sheep. Jesus three times asks Peter to affirm his love for Jesus. And three times he commands him, Feed my lambs. Tend my sheep. Feed my sheep. Jesus graciously has Peter express his love in the same measure that he expressed his previous denials of Jesus three times. A sort of restoration where each affirmation of love for Jesus was a balm for the scars of having denied Jesus. And after speaking to Peter a bit more, Jesus finally says to Peter the same words that he said to Peter in the very beginning. He says, Follow me. You can imagine Peter having a new lease on life, a new fervor from the joy of restoration. 
Jesus didn't hate him because of his denials. Jesus loved him in spite of his denials. Jesus loved Simon Peter. Jesus makes appearances like this after his resurrection for 40 days, appearing to hundreds of people in his new body. And just before he leaves the earth, he appears to his disciples for one final time. In Matthew chapter 28, we read this. Now the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain to which Jesus had directed them. And when they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always, to the end of the age. And then soon he was carried up to heaven. The Son of God, who descended to earth as a man, ascended to heaven as a resurrected man. And Jesus was going to heaven to wait. God the Father had plans for the future, plans for Jesus to return to the earth and reign as king over David's throne in Jerusalem. But not yet. The work of the cross was done, but the work of the gospel was just beginning. This commission, given by Jesus to the disciples, is called the Great Commission, And it's the means by which one of the parts of God's covenant with Abraham will be fulfilled. Remember the third promise, the land, the seed, and the blessing? The blessing to the nations that would be accomplished by a particular seed of Abraham? Well, Jesus is that seed of Abraham, and the nations are blessed by believing in the seed. The righteousness of God, the great blessing is received by anyone when they have faith in the Son of God. And the disciples, they are to preach that gospel, that good news to the people of all nations, to make more and more disciples of Jesus who, believing in Him, also do what He commands. The disciples are expanding the citizenry of the future kingdom of the Messiah. Messiah is gathering a people before He institutes His kingdom, and He's using His disciples to do it but he's not going to leave his disciples alone to do it. Separate from this great commission, Jesus told them where to go and what to do once he had left them. He said that once he had gone, they were to wait in the city of Jerusalem until they were clothed in power from on high. The Holy Spirit, the third person of the Trinity, was going to come upon the disciples to empower their mission. Jesus was about to baptize, not with water like John, but with the Holy Spirit, just like John said. All the disciples needed to do was wait in Jerusalem. And so they did wait, for about a week. They waited there in the upper room in Jerusalem, waiting on the promise of God. It had been 50 days since the Passover meal with Jesus. And what a 50 days it had been. The greatest 50 days, perhaps, in the history of the world. But God... God was preparing to make the next days even better. God was going to make new temples. Temples everywhere. Temples in every nation. Temples of God's presence. Nothing would compare to what God was going to do next. And as the disciples waited, suddenly there came from heaven a sound like a mighty rushing wind, and it filled the entire house where they were sitting. 
and divided tongues as of fire appeared to them and rested on each one of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. That pillar of fire way back in the wilderness, that fire resting upon Mount Sinai, the fire of God was now resting on the disciples, filling them with the power of God. God himself was going to dwell in them. The people were becoming the temples of God. Now there were dwelling in Jerusalem Jews, devout men from every nation under heaven. And at this sound, the multitude came together and they were bewildered, because each one of them was hearing them speak in his own language. They were amazed and astonished, saying, Are not all these who are speaking Galileans? And how is it that we hear each one of us in his own native language? Parthians and Medes and Elamites, and residents in Mesopotamia, Judea and Cappadocia, Pontus and Asia, Phrygia and Pamphylia, Egypt and the parts of Libya belonging to Cyrene, and visitors from Rome. Both Jews and proselytes, Cretans and Arabians, we hear them telling in our own tongues the mighty works of God. And all were amazed and perplexed, saying to one another, What does this mean? Now these new temples of God were not stationary either. They spoke. These people, filled with the Holy Spirit, that third person of the Trinity spoke in new languages, languages they didn't know before. And they were all telling the amazing and mighty works of God. They were telling the city of Jerusalem about Jesus. The temples were the opposite of the tower built long ago. You remember that tower, that tower in Babylon made from the pride of people, made by a people who didn't need God and didn't want God those people that God judged by confusing their languages, a confusion of tongue matching their confusion of mind. Well, these new temples of the Holy Spirit, they were doing the opposite. They were taking the confused languages and making each and every language say the same thing. The amazing work that Jesus had completed, the kingdom that was coming, the blessing of Abraham to the nations. The Holy Spirit was bringing clarity in the midst of confusion. Like saying, forget your towers you build in your own confusion. I'm in the business of making temples of the truth. And it was all starting here in Jerusalem. And Peter, standing with the disciples, lifted up his voice and addressed them. Men of Israel, hear these words. Jesus of Nazareth, a man attested to you by God with mighty works and wonders and signs that God did through him in your midst, as you yourselves know. This Jesus, delivered up according to the definite plan and foreknowledge of God, you crucified and killed by the hands of lawless men. God raised him up, loosing the pangs of death because it was not possible for him to be held by it. Jesus being therefore exalted at the right hand of God, and having received from the Father the promise of the Holy Spirit, He has poured out this, that you yourselves are seeing and hearing. Let all the house of Israel therefore know for certain that God has made Jesus both Lord and Messiah, this Jesus whom you crucified. With these words and many more, Peter gave the very first sermon of the church. A sermon to some who had yelled those fateful words, crucify him, just 50 days prior. And what was their reaction? Now when they heard this, they were cut to the heart, and said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, Brothers, what shall we do? 
And Peter said to them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. For the promise is for you and for your children and for all who are far off, everyone whom the Lord our God calls to himself. And with many other words, he bore witness and continued to exhort them, saying, Save yourselves from this crooked generation. So those who received his word were baptized, and there were added that day about 3,000 souls. That small group in the upper room had grown, not by a little, but by a lot. That small group was now 3,000, and that city of Jerusalem no longer had one temple. It had 3,000. God is doing something big. Join us next time as we see what the early spread of the gospel looks like. Lives of triumph, but also lives of suffering. Thanks for listening to The Bible Brief. Are you enjoying the podcast? Leave us a five-star review on your podcast app. It will help people discover the Bible brief and be exposed to the life-changing story and message of the Bible. Thank you for helping us grow. Copyright Bible Literacy Foundation 2022.